Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey there, what's going on? I am so glad you're here today. This is your show. And by that, I mean you pick the topic. I uh, recently posted and asked the question, hey, what would make you jump up out of bed and want to download The Shalene Show? So people wanted to know how to get out of a rut. Either people specifically voted on that topic or they gave me their own topic, which in my opinion really boils down to feeling like you're in a rut. So let's talk about what it means to be in a rut. And I think everyone defines rut a little differently, but what we do know is that a rut, as we think about it, is being stuck, like stuck in a hole or stuck in a certain place. But sometimes we're stuck in a regular routine and we actually like it. So doing the same thing day after day doesn't necessarily mean you're in a rut. You might just really like the predictability of your life. What it means to be in a rut, usually when people say I'm in a rut, what they're referring to is they're not happy with where they are and they feel stuck. We think of a rut as being kind of like stuck, stuck in a place, stuck at a point in your weight loss journey, stuck in your job, stuck in a marriage, stuck in relationships, just stuck. But simply having the same routine day after day or having some predictability, that doesn't necessarily mean you're in a rut. For many people, that's what I would call blissful predictability. So if you feel like you're in a rut, what you're talking about usually is just a level of unhappiness, like this feeling in your gut that things could be or should be better. This feeling deep inside of you that you can't exactly pinpoint what it is but you know you should or could be doing more. You know there's more for you to be doing and it's just a sense of general unhappiness, general discontent. So let's start this show off by figuring out where that comes from because most people have that general sense and they don't really know where it's coming from. So just by listening to this very first example, I am going to give you so much awareness of where this comes from. So all I'm going to ask you to do is think about each one of these areas. And I want you to pick two or three that you feel like you're not doing a great job. You could be doing better. It has you unhappy, okay? And that is not to say that you want to give this a score based on like society's definition of where you should be. But you personally, how do you personally feel about this particular area of your life? Do you feel like it could be better? It should be better? You know you've got more you could and should be doing and therefore you feel the sense of like almost guilt because this is an important area of your life and you've just let it go. So let me go through these 10 areas of your life. I'll go through them quickly and you can kind of soak them in and then I'll go through them again and I will ask you to select the three where you feel like you could and or should be doing more. Um, But again, not based on external factors, but just based on how you personally feel. So the first one, number one, is health and fitness. Number two is your physical environment. That is your home, your office. It's the space where you spend the most time. Maybe that's your garage or your closet or your bedroom or your home. It's it's your environment because oftentimes our environments can depress us because they're just like a mess or they're super outdated or whatever. Too small, too big, not cozy, not your style, all of these things we can change. So number three is your mental wellness. And by that, I mean, how well are you taking care of your mental state? Are you just going and going and going and going and 
any little thing can make you cry? Do you feel spent? Do you feel like you just can't handle one more thing? Do you feel like your brain is overwhelmed? Or do you feel calm and restful and you can handle setbacks pretty easily? They don't upset you. So that's number three was your mental wellness. Number four is romance. So that's your significant other. It's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or it is your pursuit of having romance. It could be your spouse. It could be the person that you're in a relationship with now, or it could be that you have a goal to be romantically involved and to share your life with someone. And so you just want to give that a score today based on how well you're doing. And again, that's not society. That's just you. So like, for example, I I always say this. If you've just gotten out of a relationship and you are so blissfully happy right now being by yourself, well, then you might score the romance department very high. However, if you've just gotten out of a relationship and you feel lonely and sad and you wish you had somebody in your life right now and you're just not doing your part to get yourself out there, well, then you'll score that area low. That was number four. Number five, your immediate family and friends. And that does not include a spouse. Okay, so that's just kids and immediate family and your very close, small, small circle of friends. Number six, your purpose and or career. I say both because many of you are living your purpose and it has nothing to do with your career. That's cool. And some of you are doing the type of work that feels very much like it's your purpose or you love your work, even though it doesn't feel like your purpose. So we put those in one category purpose and or work. How do you rank that area of your life? Number seven, your spirituality or your faith. And this isn't necessarily religion or organized religion. It can be. So I think spirituality is different for all of us, but it's at a very base level. It's how each of us feel connected to a higher power. Number eight is your financials. How do you feel about your savings? what you're making, how comfortable you are. Again, your personal definition. Number nine, pure joy. So how do you feel about the time you spend doing things that just give you pure joy? Hobbies, painting, uh, maybe that's long distance running. Maybe that's just chilling out and watching reality TV. Just things that you do because it's just, it serves no purpose other than it's fun. You like to do it. So give yourself a score on that area. That's number nine. And number 10, this is a big one, is personal growth. How do you rank your pursuits of being better? Okay, so let me go through this again and just write down the numbers. Okay, so number one was health and fitness. And again, you will write down the three areas that you feel like you've got the most room for improvement. When you think about this area, you would give yourself a low score. You know you should be doing better. It upsets you that you've kind of not given this enough of your time and attention, maybe. And perhaps this is where some of your unhappiness stems from, that feeling of, quote unquote, being in a rut. Okay, so just write down the numbers that correspond with the areas where you scored yourself low. Number one was health and fitness. Number two was your physical environment, your home, your office, your space that you live in. Number three, your mental wellness. Number four, romance. Number five, immediate family slash close friends. Number six, purpose and or career slash work. Number seven, spirituality and faith. Number eight, 
financial, number nine, pure joy or hobbies, and number 10, personal growth. Okay, so you have picked those three areas where you've probably scored yourself lower, meaning you know you could do better. All right, now now what do we do? I'm going to give you six quick steps to get you out of this rut. But I need you to keep in mind the areas where you scored yourself low because this is basically, it's going to be a challenge, a specific challenge that you're going to give yourself. But it needs to relate to these areas where you scored yourself low. Okay, number one, you've already done it. That is to decide what areas things must get better. And I ask you to only select three areas Now, we can all improve upon all areas of our lives, but thats it's too overwhelming. I don't know if you've ever gone into a job review or evaluation and had your boss give you like 95, 11 bajillion things you need to work on, and you're like, ah, you just feel so overwhelmed and like a loser, and there's nothing more defeating than feeling like, is there anything I'm doing right? Whenever we do an evaluation or give someone feedback, when I say we, my husband, Brett and I, and sometimes that means him on the football field or, or me in a, an environment where I'm working with speakers, people who are public speaking and improving that skill. Our golden rule is never give people more than two or three things, even if there's a hundred, because that's kind of like all our brains can handle. So you're just going to pick three areas, three specific areas where you would like things to improve. That is step one. And you've already done that. So just go ahead and write them out. Now, if you're driving or you're listening to this right now and you don't have a chance to write this down, do me a favor. Listen to this episode again. Yep. Listen to it again where you can take a pen and a piece of paper. I mean, unless, hello, you weren't really serious about getting out of your rut. Well, then just listen to this and don't do anything about it. But if you're serious about getting out of a rut, dude, you need to take action. You need to write things down. You need to do some things. You can't just think about it. Let it bounce around in your head. There's too much going on. If you are very serious about getting out of your rut, make me a promise right now that you will schedule time and you will sit down and you will actually write these things down. By writing things down, you make things happen and you want to get out of a rut. So let's do this. Step number two, create your own challenge. You're going to pick a start date and an end date. It's up to you. Is this going to take seven days, two weeks, 30 days? I don't know. That part is up to you. I love a good 30-day challenge. That's perfect for me. I like using a calendar, putting it up on the wall. I use a really big, I go to Staples and I buy these. um, They're kind of expensive, but they're awesome. They're these giant post-it notes. They are the size of um, like card, like a huge giant poster board, except that each page is a giant post-it note. So then I'll take out a big ruler. I really do this. I'll take out a big ruler and I'll make a month. And then it's so big that it allows me to put down a couple of things each day that are my goals. Like, let's say it's my goal to do 250 push-ups a day. Then I will write that on five days of the week with a little tiny box. And then I, I love making a little check in that box and seeing my progress. I love a 30 day challenge, but for some of you that might not be long enough, you might want to do 90 days or um, 12 days or 14 days, whatever it is, it's up to you. I just don't recommend you do a year. I kind of think that's too long. I want you to feel successful about this. So pick a challenge date start and date end. And then you're going to keep track of how well you do with specific goals 
goals that have measure, goals where you can look at your calendar and say, have I done this specific thing? Now, what would be considered something that's non-specific? Well, to say, um, I'm going to eat better. That's like so nonspecific. Hello. You would have to say something like, I am going to have vegetables with every meal. Or I will stop eating each night by 7 p.m. Or I plan to do cardio four days a week. Or I am going to read the Bible three mornings a week. Like whatever it is, it needs specificity for your particular challenge. Step three. This one's huge. You must have a partner. Now, I realize that they may very well have areas of their life that are different than yours. That's fine. But what you'll do by getting a partner is a lot of things. Number one, accountability for you. We will flake on ourselves in a heartbeat, especially when we can justify it by saying, well, I couldn't do it because I had to help so-and-so. But we won't often let someone else down, especially if it's someone who we care about and we, we actually care what they think about us. So number one, get a partner for accountability. Number two, get a partner because you will be helping them. Do you understand? You will be assisting them by keeping them accountable. And what that does, we know this, is when we help other people, it makes us happy. We feel valuable. We feel worthy. We feel useful. We feel resourceful. We feel needed. And that makes us feel happy. When we feel happy, it's hard to feel like we are in a rut. So get yourself a partner, explain this whole process to them, or better yet, how about you just forward them this episode? And you can just text it to your friend and say, hey, we are going to do this challenge together. So listen to this episode and then give me a call. Step number four, inventory your success. This is what I mean. You need to stop focusing on the ultimate goal that has you feeling dissatisfied or unhappy or that you've missed the mark. And what I want you to do is take an inventory of all the success you've had along the way. Take an inventory of all the little wins you've already had, all the good things that are already happening in this particular area that you've said you've missed the mark. Yeah, you've missed the mark, but you're still, you've still been trying. You still have been doing some things right. I guarantee it. Now, If you are really stuck in a rut, like it is such a deep rut that you can't even see out of it. If you are in such a negative place that you you can't even think of anything positive, here's what you need to do. Pull out a pen and a piece of paper and call a friend. Now you're going to call your friend and you're going to say, here's what I'm working on. I'm working on getting my health and fitness to a new place. Or here's what I'm working on. I want to improve my relationship with my husband. And I am in such a rut. I can't think of anything positive right now. Girlfriend, I need you to help me think of some things I've done right or things that I should be grateful for. And they're going to they're gonna pick them out for you. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Do not reject their feedback. Don't reject a compliment or kind words or positive things that they point out. You see, sometimes when we're in a rut, you need to hear this. I need to slap you right between the two eyes and tell you this because I am your friend and I need you to know this. Sometimes when we're in a rut, we like to stay in a rut. So when people try to point us in the direction of climbing out of the rut, we we reject it because we're comfortable there. We're like in our little cocoon of a rut and it's like, I'm not coming out of this. So I'm not going to hear what you're saying that's positive. 
I'm not going to accept your compliments. I just want to stay right here in this rut because it serves me. Because if I come out of this rut, I might have to deal with my own fear of failure. Right? So knock that off. Call your friend the one with an opinion or a family member, someone who will speak the truth to you and ask them to point out all of the things that you've been doing right along the way. You see, when we inventory our success, it helps us to practice gratitude. Gratitude is the key to your happiness. It's the key to your health, and it's the key to an attitude of abundance. Recently, someone left me a voicemail on, um, you know, you can leave me a voicemail too, by the way. You can let me know episodes you love, what you'd like to hear next. You can ask me questions by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. And recently I had someone call and they said, hey, Shaleen, you know, I really wanted to do your, um, your online seminar called Courageous Confidence, but we're super broke this year. And, and he, I swear to you, she went through every single bill that she has. I'm not even kidding. She's like, and we have an electricity bill and we have to pay our rent and we have to pay for our groceries and just everything's going wrong this year. And I have student loan and I'm like, dude, you know what? We all have bills. Now, granted, there are times when we're in debt, but it's what we choose to focus on that brings us more of that. And clearly, that person who left the message was 100% focused on more debt. Guarantee it. When you have an attitude of abundance, more abundance comes to you. And that starts by being grateful and having gratitude for all the things that you have done, for what you've been able to accomplish. And when you do that, you will be able to accomplish far more. My number five tip, you must develop a personal growth plan, period, end of subject. Listen, if you've been listening to my show for any length of time, you've heard from incredibly successful people. You probably are the type of individual who's interested in studying other people who have success, the type of success you would like to enjoy. I know you've already picked up on the fact that all of these people have one common denominator. They all focus on personal growth. Hashtag, duh. I mean, come on. That's what you have got to pick up on, is that if you want to be better, if you want to have a better life, if you want to get out of this rut, you have got to develop a plan for your own personal growth. Now, I want you to go back and listen to an episode when you're done with this one called The Lies We Tell Ourselves. In that episode, I spoke to James Altucher. Man, that was a good episode. But he really talked about pulling himself from a very deep, dark place. Talk about a rut where he was literally searching online for ways to commit suicide. He just didn't want to live anymore. He had a family. He had children. He had tremendous success in the past, but he just didn't want to live anymore. And in that episode, I said, how did you get yourself out of this? Was there like a moment? Was there a light switch? And he said, you know, it wasn't a switch. It was kind of like a slow dimmer switch. And he said, it started with me waking up every single day and doing something to do with personal growth. And so I said, specifically what? Like, were you reading? What were you doing? He said, no, every day I woke up and I just wrote down 10 exciting ideas. They could be dumb ideas. They could be business ideas. They could be inventions. They could be ideas of things I wanted to do. They were just ideas. I would put down 10 ideas on paper. And I'm paraphrasing now, 
but it was that activity that pulled him from the depths of despair, a place where he was seriously contemplating suicide. And in his own words, I want you to listen to that episode, but in his own words, he says that when he slips away from his own habits of personal growth, that's when all of the greatness and all the happiness in his life starts to slip away too. You, my friend, need a plan for personal growth. Now, personal growth can include what you're doing right now, listening to podcasts. That's improving your brain. It's making you better. It's becoming a student. Now, you can go back to school. You can enroll in classes at the local college or university. You could enroll to be a student of a virtual academy. Of course, I have several, but that's one of the ways that I really started to feel good about everything I was learning to do is I was going back to school. And when, and when we learn more, when we expand our brain, it's just human nature. It improves our character. It improves our, our self-awareness. It makes us feel smarter. And that knowledge builds confidence. And the best thing about learning, especially at this age, is you can do it in a self-paced way. Like you can decide, yeah, I want to listen to three podcasts a week or I want to enroll in an online academy and I'm just going to study 10 minutes a night or maybe you want to go back to art school. Did you know you can even do that online? Personal growth will give you motivation. It's going to make you feel more resilient. It will immediately boost your confidence and your self-belief. Personal growth helps us to be more focused and effective. And it, it just gives you a sense of direction. Personal growth, in my opinion, allows me to be honest with myself. And that self-awareness makes me a better partner. It makes me a better parent. It makes me a better friend. It makes me a better boss. So personal growth will also improve our relationships. And, and now you're starting to get the sense that if everything's improving, how could you feel as though you're in a rut? So personal growth, I believe, is one of the very best ways to get your butt out of a rut. I've interviewed people on the show who have had the type of childhoods that would put most other people on the street shooting up heroin or committing suicide. I'm not kidding. I mean, these stories, I'll say to them, these amazing heroic survivors, and I'll say, how did you get, how did you end up like that? And you have a sibling who OD'd on heroin, or how did you end up who you are so resilient and so tough and so awesome? And other people would have given up. And almost every one of them says, you know, I started to feel like I had worth as I started to gain more knowledge. So even if there was no family member, nobody rooting for them, no mother, no father, no, like the world was conspiring to hurt them. Almost all of these individuals can point back to a time when they got really good at something or they gained a deep level of knowledge about something. Like they just said, I went back to school and I just studied and I just knew that because I had mastered this area and I had so much knowledge that that alone was giving me value. Now, I want you to know that doesn't give you value. What gives you value is that you are one of God's children and you are enough. But sometimes hearing that, you just can't accept it. So if that's how you feel, like you just don't feel like you are worthy or that you are valuable or that you are enough or that you are important, consider going deep, getting the knowledge that you desire. Just pick an area, anything that's really fascinating to you and become an expert. Even if it's all self-taught, even if your research is directed by you, just see how it changes the way you feel about yourself. And my sixth and final tip for you is this. You must 
change your perspective. You get what you're ready for. So like that caller that was leaving me a message about all of the debt that she has, all of the debt that has accumulated over the years and how she didn't anticipate ever being able to be a member of the Courageous Confidence Club or anything else for that matter. You could just hear that the only thing she was ready for was more debt. What you keep saying to yourself becomes your reality, even if it's not true. If you just keep repeating these things over and over and over to yourself, they become your reality. If you say, I'm in a crappy relationship, this relationship sucks, guess what? It does, and it will get worse. But if you begin saying to yourself, man, I'm lucky. I have someone who appreciates me. I love this person, and I can make it better. Then you will. If you say, I have the ability to pull myself out of this rut. I know what it takes. I'm smart enough. I'm determined. I've got the why. I've got the know-how. I can do this. Then you will. Whatever you repeatedly say to yourself becomes your reality. So now you're climbing out of your rut. Whoever you are, wherever you are, from wherever you are listening to this, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter how bad it seems, you have control over one thing, your attitude. You can decide that things could be worse or you could decide that things are going to get better, but you make that decision. No matter how close to the bottom you feel right now, God has a purpose, a plan for your life. He gives you only what he knows you can handle. And you have greatness. You have greatness within you. So get up off the floor, wipe away your tears, Stop being a victim. You're not a victim. You are a survivor. You have survived every single day, 100% of the days until today. And now is the time to do something. Do something today. Do something right now. Thank you for being a friend of the show. And thank you for forwarding this show to somebody who you want to do this with you. And if you're listening to this and someone sent it to you, I just want you to know you are a very special person. And that's why they sent you this link. And I wish you both the best. I know you're going to crush it. I would love to hear a recording from you telling me who your partner is and what the two of you are going to do. Let me know how long the length of your challenge will be. Tell me what you plan to do. Give me an idea of what kind of changes you plan to make. Leave me a voicemail message by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. I'm rooting for you. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't yet had a chance, please be sure to check out my other podcast. It's in the business section. It's called Build Your Tribe. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.